0: Gonzaga Nation SI continues on. I'm one of your two hosts, Dan Dickow, alongside with number three, if I'm not mistaken, Adam Morrison. He calls the games courtside on radio with Tom Hudson. He had a front row seat for two absolute drubbings in WCC play this past week where the Gonzaga Knocked off BYU, 110-84 in Santa Clara, 115-83. That's now three games in a row over the 100-point mark. Mo, what in the heck is going on with this offense? It's unbelievable right now. Uh,
1: I think, to be honest, they've solved two issues that were plaguing them at the start of the season. Turnovers. Um, You know, they're being not eliminated, but the, the costly turnovers and then the assist margin assist to turnover has gone up. And then we're shooting the ball from the outside. I mean, we've had 31 threes in the last three games combined. Um, when you combine Drew Timmy going 27 to 32 in those uh, last two games, which is crazy stat. Um, but then when you space the floor with the perimeter shooting that we've shown, it just makes it really hard to stop. So I think it's a combination of taking care of the basketball and knocking down shots.
0: That's a lot uh, harder to accomplish than it is to say. How do you how do you work on that? I know you've obviously had plenty of uh, experience with Coach Few practices, uh, film sessions. How do you clean those things up? Uh, to be honest, I think some of the turnover stuff is
1: just watching film and decision-making. I don't think it's anything fundamental that you can do at this uh, point in guys' careers at this level. I think it's watching film. Someone saying, "Look, okay, if we get into this situation, or we get to um, a point where the defense is on uh, loaded up strong, we can't try to throw it inside. We got to get our to our reversals. We got to get to where uh, defenses have to rotate." So I think what he probably did is just go into uh, you know the film sessions in on a team basis and probably with the individual coach bases and say, "Look, these are the type of situations where we can't make these type of turnovers." Um, you know, so to me it's not anything fundamental it's just literally guys if you don't make good decisions this is what's going to happen you're going to lose ball games and if you don't make good decisions, you're probably going to be you know I got to take you out Um, and that message was (laughs) you know heard loud and clear and and it's it's shown and you know the ball's pinging around uh really good right now and and guys are making shots and you know like you said we're scoring you know the 105s 110s the last three games which is kind of crazy
0: the pace that they're playing with right now is off the charts. I mean, if you look at those point totals that we just talked about, over 100 points for three-star games, those are those are NBA-type numbers and pace. And an NBA game is played, obviously, 48 minutes, not 40. I can't remember a Gonzaga team ever playing this fast. You might play occasionally against, you know, in one of your exhibition games, but this is against at least BYU, a really good team. Santa Clara's middle of the pack this year. I mean, they're doing this against some good teams. What, what are the biggest difference makers that you've seen? Because they're doing it off of a block shot, a steal, as well as a made basket. Well, Nemhard is playing uh,
1: fantastic as a floor floor general. He's obviously scoring the ball in this uh, stretch. I mean, he's he's always flattening the defense. And then Rashear Bolton is one of the fastest guys we've had with the basketball. Besides Ryan Woolridge, in my opinion, he's the fastest guy up the floor with the ball. And I think having the ability to, you know, like you said, block shot, rebound, you can outlet it to either side. And then also what Coach Few does that a lot of coaches don't like to do or don't can't do because of personnel is, let's say, Drew Timmy even gets it. Anton Watson, even Chet, they just run and fill the lane themselves and those guys bring it up and they get into their four round one, their five out action. Um, So as a defense, it makes it really hard to, you know, obviously you want to sprint back, but sprint back and then get set to where you can, uh, you know, pre-rotate on their ball screen actions and stuff like that. So I think just the ability with those two point guards, um, it allows us to play really fast. And then our skill guys from top to bottom are capable enough to to push the break themselves. And, and at the end of the day, if you think back to your playing days, I mean, how hard would it be if Chet Holmgren you're playing a seven footer and then your seven footer has to be away from the basket to start the break. And then you get into your actions. Um, So I think just, like I said, the skill players and the two point guards are playing fantastic. Nolan Hickman, uh, Hickman as well. uh, Just pushing the basketball.
0: It's funny as, as this show has progressed over three or four weeks now, We keep touching on different guys and how they're continuing to improve. You mentioned Nolan Hickman. Um, I really like him. I, I think he's the next truly great point guard out of Gonzaga. Fingers crossed. He doesn't go to the NBA too soon because I think that's where his future is going. But there's also a point of going at the right time. When a player is making those gradual steps and you're sitting there as a broadcaster, do you see a difference? And when their name is called from coach few to go get in the bench do you see a difference in how they walk to the bench like with a confidence and a swagger
1: yeah i think the game that stands out for me for him that kind of turned the corner as far as you know him being more aggressive on the floor was that alabama game even though we lost it was in seattle it was you know that's where he's from and he had that stretch where he had seven straight points i think in the second half and it kind of brought us back into the game he took two bad shots that went in, but they were like, Hey, I'm going to go get mine and I'm putting yeah. my head down type of deal. And he has that ability and he's had it all year long. Now you just have the confidence backed up with it. And then I think the leash was taken off a little bit as far as coach view and a freshman point guard, you know how that works. He kind of, uh, you know, eases guys into that role. Now he's getting the the opportunity to take quick threes or, take the, those floaters or those mid range jumpers that he's good at without looking over his shoulder. So like, if you combine that, um, with his ability that he already has, you can see, um, why he was a highly touted, uh, recruit. And then, like you said, I think the future, especially next year, obviously I think Andrew's done after this year. Um, he's going to have a great opportunity to play 30, 35 minutes and showcase, you know, what he can do as a point guard, but I think it was that Alabama game was the first sign of him saying, "Okay, I could score. Coach View's going to let me score. I kind of just have to, um, you know, make my own luck per se and and go out and do it."
0: Well, let's go talk about the big fellow for a second, Drew Timmy. Uh, he might be WCC Player of the Week. He might be National Player of the Week because of how he played Gonzaga. Now is ranked number one in the polls that were just released. But back to back thirty point games. I think the stat's correct. You might you might know better than me because you were sitting there courtside uh, for both games. Twenty straight made two pointers. Is that yep. correct?
1: Yep, twenty straight uh, made two pointers in the BYU game. The only field goal he missed was a three pointer. He was thirteen to fourteen, um, and then he's twenty seven to thirty two overall. Um, you know, in the next game. So yeah, it, it's been insane how efficient he's been.
0: Those numbers are mind boggling, and it's funny because. You know, over the last couple of weeks, a lot of uh, websites and analysts have put out their mid-season awards and very few left Drew Timmy on their first team All-American awards. I don't see how you don't put him on, the, on an All-American team right now based on the fact that Gonzaga's uh, ranked first in the country. Yeah, he's averaging one point less a game than a season ago, but he's still over 60 percent from the field. Um, it's just mind boggling what he's doing.
1: Yeah, it's he's highly efficient, man, obviously. And and um, what I like about him, it, it, the game always comes to him. He never forces anything. And that's one of the most impressive factors of me watching him, especially this year when, you know, last year he was the leading scorer, but he was a sophomore year and we had, you know, two, two NBA players, three NBA players counting Joel, um, you know, two guys that were drafted and Joel. And so it's like, coming into this year, like, okay, he's probably thinking I got to get to 25 a night. It's my turn, blah, 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 all that stuff. There's nights when he has 12 and he plays 20 minutes and you know, he's three or four or five of six. And he kind of just lets the game come to him. He makes the right reads out of double teams. Um, he makes the right reads on his pick and dive situations. Um, so yeah, I've been really impressed with just his decision-making and his, I guess, attitude on the season because he's, uh, let the game come to him he hasn't tried to force anything but yeah like 27 to 32 he had the he had the 18 to 19 i believe it was against Texas yeah. right 18 to 19 from the field like so like he's had these games where every time he touches it the ball goes in
0: and he's a great teammate and that's something that i think gets overlooked he's up cheering for other guys when he's not in or at the end of a blowout And we've got a new teammate here with Gonzaga Nation SI, former Gonzaga Bulldog Rob Sacre and his good buddy Jack Ferris are bringing over their Sack and Jack podcast Mm -hmm. once a week. Do you have a great Rob Sacre story? Because I know the three of us all live on the north side of Spokane. Um, My great Rob Sacre story before you go is I'm pulling out the back of my neighborhood, and you've been to my neighborhood before, and there's a big man on a horse going down a hill. I get a little closer. It's a seven foot, 250 pound Rob Sacre on a horse. I felt really bad for that horse. What's your Rob Sacre story?
1: Yeah, he's, there's plenty of them. Um, You know, Rob's just a a funny jovial guy. Uh, So yeah, like all the stories that I have are ones that shouldn't be making a podcast, to be honest with you. He does have a good podcast with uh, uh, Jack Ferris. It's been going longer than ours, obviously, and they have a lot of good uh, good content and stuff. So, yeah, Rob's uh, awesome. I'm glad they joined us because it's all Gonzaga-themed. And, uh, you know, he's got great stories about his playing days because he was right after me. And you know how it is when you – you know, we talked about this before, when guys play – at Gonzaga, they kind of know the the next class after because you come back and like Ruben and that crew are kind of I, I consider them a part of mine as well, because I played a lot of summers into in my professional career with those guys. And so it, it's cool to see him, you know, still in Spokane and and being successful on a podcast as well.
0: Well, let's head to the Santa Clara game. and uh, We won't need we don't need to go as in depth on Santa Clara because. Um, they're not the rival, so to speak, that BYU is, but another offensive explosion. This time, 115 points, uh, 12 threes on the night, and that's an area the threes were that I was I was a little bit hesitant in, in saying they were going to be a great three point shooting team earlier in the season. I think they had a lot of good shooters, but they hadn't proven themselves. Now they're proven in, that they can knock them down in games. What What did you see in that in that Santa Clara game?
1: I just, I, I liked our pace early. Um, you know, I always talk about it in broadcast and you probably attest to this with the games you do with Gonzaga. It's like some of these teams are skilled enough to hang with us. You know, Brad, uh, Brad, Brad Kitcher was a good player. The Williams kids average a nineteen leading score in the WCC. You have to take their belief out early. Um, we saw like the Tarleton State game. We didn't take their belief away and it was a ball game with four minutes to go. But if you can jump on these teams early, You can kind of, you know, kill the will a little bit and and do the, well, Gonzaga is going to beat us again because we have some crazy winning streaks against these teams. Um, So I I was really impressed with the pace that we started off early. Um, Ball was pinging around just like usual, like we said. And then we have the ability this year that we didn't have at the start of the year, but it was a staple of last year's team of going on 15-0 runs 18-0 runs, twenty to four runs; those are things of that nature, and I think that's largely in, in part with the pace. And then, like you mentioned, shooting threes. When you can string together two, three, four threes, and a team looks up; they're down six, and then all of a sudden they're down eighteen. It just really takes the belief out of them, um, and I think that's what we did against Santa Clara.
0: Put your coaching hat on for a second, and you're the head coach of Santa Clara. Herb Sendek made the decision early in the game. Uh, they're gonna send five guys back in defensive transition how would you slow down gonzaga's offensive attack uh, it's a good question
1: i always think trying zone would 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 suffice i guess and i know we just you know talked about how great the three-point shooting is sometimes in a zone you can bait guys into shooting early quick ones right and sometimes it sounds funny but if you're quote unquote wide open in a zone it's a harder shot to make in, in you know the context of a ball swing ball swing man action I know it sounds weird but I would try a zone nobody tries it against us um, obviously we run good action against it but I would I would say hey you know maybe soft press us and then try a zone um, but the biggest thing is is getting back on defense and I, I get what herb was trying to do in that game like get everybody back and try to get in defense but like I said it's so difficult Normally your fives when they sprint back or your fours are going to the paint and then working themselves out. Well, if Drew Timmy gets the ball in the break or Chet Holmgren, who has the ability to go coast to coast, he's away from the floor. And then we run, you know, our zag action where there's a back, you know, a back cut into a dribble handoff or a side ball screen. Well, that side's wide open now, so you can't pre-rotate. So it is really difficult. Um, So, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I would just sprint back and play zone and mix it up really is all I would try to do
0: yeah I I've tried to put myself in an opposing coach's uh shoes before and uh, it's difficult because if you do that you're opening yourself up to a lot of other possible issues the the offensive glass for Gonzaga it could be one of those issues if you went zone so for Gonzaga Nation SI It's been myself, Dan Dickow, and Adam Morrison. We'll be back again later this week where we preview the San Francisco game that has been rescheduled.